0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast Season 4, Episode 6. Tegan, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing
1: pretty good. Uh, Enjoying the double content with uh, The Mandalorian and Bad Batch out, so just kind of soaking it up for what I can.
0: Yeah, uh, are you caught up? I I am myself. It's been great stuff so far.
1: Caught up on The Mandalorian. I've got a few more episodes on Bad Batch to catch up on.
0: Awesome, yeah. I I was behind on Bad Batch and and played catch up there quickly and, and good stuff there. Both again, just both uh, great stuff so far. Uh, This most recent uh, Mandalorian. Very cool. Very cool.
1: That was a fun one. I really enjoyed the kind of direction they went with that. I won't give any spoilers away, but if you haven't watched it yet, go check it out. Uh, It was definitely a unique
0: perspective. Absolutely. Always good to see, see that. Uh, It's just good for inspiration, you know, for our games. Welcome to today's episode, Uh, we have a guest on later guest interview uh, with Kayla aka Time Lord's wife from the interwebs. Uh, She was on a extra life one shot with me playing Star Wars 5e, so we're going to sit down and talk with her about table safety and feedback tools, how to utilize those at the table and and the benefits that those can provide, so uh, that'll be later on here. Uh, But of course, first, announcements on our end, be sure to check us out, dungeonjedimasters.com for access to all of our content, including this podcast, YouTube channel for those tutorials, VODs, etc., Instagram and Twitter for content updates and some content freebies. Uh, And then, of course, for actual plays, uh, Twitch, Tegan, what do we have going on uh, on Twitch?
1: Definitely. So we'll be uh, running Invasion. Uh, should be for the next month straight, uh, weekly Invasion. So make sure to come through, uh, hang out with the crew at J Gaming at Twitch. Uh, we're wrapping up uh, our Saber Breaker arc on Merc uh, and getting close to being able to run the uh, the last uh, Patreon adventure with Invasion. So come through for that, uh, see how the, the adventure plays out with the crew and get to see uh, what shenanigans they get up to and if they can actually help thwart the Invasion. So make sure to hang out with that and we'll be weekly for a little bit, so uh, come through.
0: Fantastic and wonderful transition there, Tegan, uh, into Patreon. Patreon is the best way to support the content that we put together. So thank you to all of our existing supporters there. We do have a few new members as well. So at tier two, we have Ode to the Sky and Nick. Nick taking advantage of the yearly discount. And then at tier three, Steaks, we have as well. So thank you to you, three new members. And of course, as I said, everyone else existing. With those supporter benefits, you get access to, uh, you know, adventure. One shots, DM resources, things like that, exclusive to those supporters uh, that come out, you know, once a month. Sometimes we throw some extra things in there, including uh, recently uh, you should have seen we did the one shot uh, that Tegan and I put together on the last episode. And we have that guideline up there um, for you all to grab and then make your own. It's a real loose guideline, so it's not going to be a, a specific. Uh, you know, one-shot adventure, um, but definitely a good tool to help you develop your own there uh, as a freebie. And then um, just a quick peek ahead to uh, our next main Patreon piece, which will be out the beginning of April, will be our Quarter 2 Hex location, and that'll be a desert, uh, you know, sand crawl, uh, which I think is very appropriate there. So, Tegan, maybe give us a few little uh, initial insights into what we can expect with that.
1: Definitely. Well, you can't do Star Wars without a desert planet, so uh, we're going to be giving, uh, giving you the tools to be able to bring that to your table. Uh, so similar to what we did with the cityscape, we'll have different uh, hooks for plots you can build with your players, uh, some cool enemies and locations for them to explore as they go through. Uh, so, yeah, so keep an eye on that. I mean, if you've watched The Mandalorian, any of the main trilogies, uh, Tatooine, uh, all of those play a heavy I have a heavy spot in the lore. so this is going to be a cool template for you to be able to bring uh, out either run Tatooine yourself or make your own desert planet and have your players have some adventures with it.
0: Absolutely. This could certainly be a location, you know, on the other side of, of Tatooine, for example, um, you know, and, and great way just to, add to that existing uh, planet absolutely so keep an eye out for that uh tier three preview will be available on the 28th of march and then tier two access uh the following tuesday on the fourth so keep an eye out for that i believe that's everything on the front end so we're gonna go ahead and jump in here uh interview with kayla all right everyone so happy to have good friend kayla here aka time lord's wife with us kayla how are you doing today
2: i'm doing great how are you doing today
0: Doing wonderful. Uh, glad to have you on and talk about uh, you know some Star Wars Five E stuff and and another good topic. I think that will be great for you know tabletop community out there. Uh, so as we do, uh, let's hear a little bit first about your background in tabletops in general. Uh, what does that story look like? When did you first get into those?
2: Oh my gosh, way back in the day of AD and D, I first started playing uh, with a group of friends who are much more wise in their years, for lack of a better term. And uh, they actually introduced me to games. Um, As everybody knows, I kind of, I fell in love. And then I fell in love with D&D and RPGs, uh, TTRPGs, way back in the day. And uh, that's kind of how I got started. Um, I took a long break, after that, and um, then decided after like a ten-year period, like almost a decade, to get back into it and start DMing because I don't see a lot of uh, female DMs in the scene, and I, I would really like to help change that.
0: Awesome, yeah, yeah. I think it's always great to you know have that uh, different perspective. You know, I've always enjoyed uh, that variety at a table. Uh, you know, everyone brings their own different uh, stories, so. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll touch on the DMing side of things a little bit there. Uh, do you have any current games that you're diving into right now?
2: Uh, not as of yet. Um, most of my games are on a hiatus right now, and the project that I'm currently working on is just getting started. So fingers crossed that that goes off without a hitch. But as you know, a whole thing's D&D. There's bound to be some things.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Always the challenge there. And that one, um, I think the one you're referencing, uh, where you will be uh, DMing that, right?
2: Yes, I awesome. will be DMing. It's going to be a Dragon Rider campaign. It should be super fun
0: very cool yeah i did see the concept there when you posted uh you know looking for players and looks really cool so we'll definitely keep an eye out for that let's touch on star wars 5e a little bit uh, i know you've definitely dove into the rules and whatnot and at least we have played together uh, in the extra life one shot we did last august uh, remind me a uh, Tweelick, what was the character again that you played in that if you remember
2: Oh my gosh, I don't remember her name. I think it was
0: an operative, I believe, right? Like a rogue, uh, the rogue type character, I believe it was.
2: Yeah, I was trying to take like a combination of Han Solo, uh, sorry, Han Solo and Hera from uh, Rebels. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, Like put them together in this concept of like a scoundrel fighter pilot type of situation that 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 was my character.
0: I think it turned out great. That was a blast. Uh, great one shot we did there. Um, definitely enjoyed that experience with you at the table. Have you played any other Star Wars 5E or any other um, you know potential projects on the schedule you want to try and play with the system?
2: No, actually, I haven't played any more games outside of the one that you've uh, ran for us, but I am totally down to play more Star Wars 5E because it's a super fun system. Um, honestly, just being able to play a tabletop role-playing game inside the Star Wars world that's that's kind of like my bread and butter right there.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely gravitate to it myself because of that reason. You know, I know the setting so well that it's easy. I don't have to think about, you know, that other stuff like in traditional d and I don't know the fantasy world that that well. So Star Wars is just uh, almost second nature. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, absolutely. Anything specific about the system that you've looked over that you really enjoy? Um, you know, th- there is some departure from traditional 5e, but anything you really enjoy, maybe a class or some other features.
2: I mean, I'd like to just say that how easy it was to kind of comprehend, like sometimes when you go to a different TTRPG, I'll say with like heavy air quotes, um, sometimes you can be a little intimidated learning, learning the system. So with that being said, the way it translated With the 5E and the Star Wars, I was extremely impressed at how fluid it was. Um, There were some things that, of course, I still had to learn, which was nice, because that kind of gave it a little bit more of a refreshing feel to it, so that it wasn't just, oh, this is just, you know, 5E reskinned into Star Wars. Yes, it is, but it was original in a sense, if that makes,
0: if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great, uh, you know, beyond just a reskin, um, you know, it definitely goes beyond that. So yeah, I think that's a uh, very good feedback on the system and yeah. All right. Well, we specifically brought you on, um, and as we mentioned your, uh, upcoming dragon campaign here, and I've, I've seen this in a few of your other casting announcements, you know, and, and definitely not the only person to do this. This is, uh, Pretty good practice out there for a lot of people when they do casting, but it's a good conversation I think to have, and that is in regards to uh, safety and feedback tools uh, within within a campaign. I think you know when you're streaming and and doing things like that. Um, not that they're more important, but they're definitely something because you might be working with people that you don't know, and so it's more important in that sense. I think. Um, if it's your home group with people that you really know well, it's still definitely good to utilize these things, but uh, there's kind of that different aspect of application there, um, definitely. But, uh, you know, I think something that any table should be familiar with, I'm going to let you uh, give us just a quick, if you want, uh, if you can, a, a general definition of what safety and feedback tools are that you're familiar with.
2: A few that I really enjoy using at my tables um, are going to be the lines and veils that you can find. There's a bunch of PDFs that you can find online that are fillable, which are absolutely fantastic. Um, I prefer um, something that one of my players brought up the other day, which was absolutely brilliant, is a Google form where it's just one consent form and everybody fills it out, but it's anonymous and it's not like multiple people are having to fill out a sheet and then send it to me. It's all in one space. You can even add that into your Google form, like for your game, super convenient. Um, another thing that I really like to use for um, the games, it would be stars and wishes. Um, this would be more of an after game type of deal rather than um, before like a pre-game prep. Right. Um, and also, of course, during game as well. This would be uh, afterwards. I prefer Stars and Wishes personally. Um, After watching many channels use it, um, and also after personal research, it is one of the best ways to just give good feels after a game. Um, I've seen other channels do some things like VIP and stuff like that. And the way that they do it is fantastic. But personally, I just want as many people as possible to leave the table with their heart as full of happiness as they possibly can. Like that's the goal. Um, And then uh, the last one um, that we use a lot would also be like safety cards during the game. Mm -hmm. Like it could just be like a sticky note, a piece of paper that you have somewhere that you have like an X written on, um, because like you just said, you, you don't know know where that line is until it is there and you don't want to step over that even if accidentally and so these cards help that in the moment even if if we accidentally caught up in something that we could just go whoa x put that out we're we're literally stopping that we're pivoting and we're going to go move to another topic
0: yeah yeah absolutely um you know i think good presentation uh of the three concepts we'll talk about here and and, uh, backing up a little bit to to expand on those a little bit more so like the first one you mentioned lines and veils i think is always a great one to establish and essentially um, you know, for anyone that's not familiar with that. So a line is basically something that a topic uh, that we are not going to cross, right? So it's, it's a hard line that we do not touch in our games. Just throwing out some, some very simple examples. Maybe you have very uh, big phobia with spiders, right? You don't want those in the campaign. You can say that is my line. I don't, you don't even want them mentioned um, just because there's such a bad fear in that regard um so you can say that's my line uh and then a veil is a little is i kind of always mention it as like a fade to black thing maybe situations uh you know i think one situation for that uh i often see on a veil is like sex like you're not going to go all the way into it it's just you might imply that it's going to happen and then you fade to black and you you change the scene and and go to something there so Mm um you should be comfortable to put any topic on either of those categories as you want, uh, the line or veil. And it's something that, again, you kind of mentioned the um, anonymity earlier on that Google sheet, which is awesome, by the way. You know, there shouldn't be anyone worrying about who who gave what, but they should all be respecting what's on that list when you put it out there with that. And uh, and then kind of following up with that, I think, because these two, I think, work in tandem uh is then the cards you know the x card uh i've used also an n and an o card which are great so an n card is kind of a little more of like a veil territory where you're approaching a topic but you don't need to do a hard stop like with an x card and uh and then an o uh, you utilize as a check-in those were great when you're digitally and you can like uh do those check-ins uh via chat you know just throw it in your discord or zoom or whatever like that but yeah i think that's great tell me kayla why you would utilize these things? What is the purpose for using these systems? How does that help uh, in a campaign?
2: So um, that's a very good question. I think it really boils down to communication because it's an easier way to communicate because I personally, I would struggle talking about my feelings and my personal experiences within regards to my lines and veils. And sometimes because it is so difficult, it is easier to just fill out a form. It is easier to just throw up a card. Um and then that way, uh, mostly it's just for people to feel safe at the table. That is the biggest point um is safety and communication,
0: absolutely. I, I think really it it all boils down to that. I think it's it's as I've told some games recently, the lines and veils for, you know, in my games are there not to say that the game is going to go. For lack of a better term, in a mature direction, mm-hmm. but these things, these tools, these systems allow us to, t- in in a way that everyone is comfortable if we do so. You know, it's, it's kind of the way they approach it. If you want to get into, you know, some situations, uh, you know, because even even just inter character relationships and things like that, emotions and and whatever, or if you get into, you know, some of the violence and and uh, things of of you know good old five E hack and slash and descriptions of that. I play a lot of um, you know mothership, which is sci fi horror, and you know there's a lot of like gore descriptions and whatever that you know there's. It really doesn't focus on any one specific aspect, but it's all about is everyone comfortable going through this? You know we are just letting everyone know what type of game we want and what areas we're comfortable with. Yeah.
2: Because even like when you fill out those sheets and when you go over the lines and veils, you have your session zero, you might not think of everything. And when you're caught up in the moment and you're role playing and you just you're caught up in that emotion, sometimes things can happen. And that's why you just want to have safety measures in place, a safety net for lack of a better term, to catch us when that stuff happens. Because we're all adults here, but you know, we also like to tell a great story, and with great stories come raw emotion, and with raw emotion, sometimes we push boundaries. But that's also where we need to be careful, is because we might be pushing boundaries that make other people uncomfortable, and that's why uh, you'll see in like my my uh, casting calls, I already put a lot of the lines and bales, a lot of my hard lines and veils up front like i will not have this at my table no matter what like there's no racism fantasy or otherwise there's no sexism or homophobia none of that like you already know up front that this is something that i'm not going to have at my table so they're already aware of a lot of this stuff for romance lines and veils as well but even then outside of that there could be even like political topics that i didn't place into that that we didn't talk about you know um like things like colonialism like there's a lot of amazing campaigns out there that have no colonialist ties in them whatsoever and they are fantastic like transplanter for example you'll see that they are one channel in particular that um they just tried and true they continue to do that absolutely amazing storytelling
0: yeah yeah um I think that's great I think it's Uh, You know, as a DM, you're definitely part of this. I think that's another good thing to mention. Um, You know, I always try to say the DM is also a player. Uh, You know, when when you're always talking about you you having these sessions, session zero and whatever, you are a player as well. So these lines and veils absolutely apply. You know, you're not just there putting on the show. And if the players step on your boundaries, you know, you still need to be able to um, be comfortable there. Again, also, the other thing you mentioned is you might not know, about a boundary until it comes up. Maybe you just didn't think that it was going to be that significant or whatever. And I've had I've had that myself, where just something kind of came up in the moment. And you know, for that, it wasn't for me specifically where I needed to throw an X card and we had to stop. But going forward, it's like okay, I'm going to make note of that, and you know, I might throw that on my veils next time around. So um, that's what those you know those cards, the X cards, and otherwise, I think are great if you miss something up front that you just didn't realize. Because I think. Tabletops are just an amazing experience, right? they are they can be very therapeutic, and it can really allow people to really express themselves and and explore themselves, explore situations, explore you know different things like that. And as you said, you might slip into territory that you're unfamiliar with, and it's just all about being able to do so comfortably
2: exactly. You bring up a very good point, and that's why, the safety tools are extremely important is because when we bring that raw emotion to the table, a lot of us are extremely vulnerable because this is kind of like a therapy dupe for a lot of us, you know, therapy is expensive, <laughs> right? But at end of day, you have to take this very seriously because I've, I've canceled a whole game because a player did not take lines and veils seriously a player another player left the table because another player decided you know that to not listen to one my warnings to the session zero the lines and veils and the, the another player literally stepped away from the table and i in good conscience, could not continue running that game especially after that particular incident and i actually had to blacklist that player from my table unfortunately they can no longer play games at my table because of that particular incident and i It's really sucks and it's super shitty that I, as an adult, have to have a conversation with another adult about something like that. Who was a friend, mind you, and now I no longer have a friend because of that unfortunate incident. It's just really sad. Like, there's no reason for it. Like, we are all here to have fun, to play Mm -hmm. games, to role play, and experience this other world. And there's just, there's no reason that you need to try and, and push and poke at people's boundaries because eventually they become uncomfortable and don't wanna play with you anymore.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And it, it's, I think it's specifically when they push the boundary, right? Like mm-hmm. if they slip up, if, you know, you. not that everything gets a free pass or like a, a one-time pass, right? Not mm-hmm. even a pass, but like, you know, you get to make one mistake kind of thing. You
2: can forgive to yeah, a
0: Yeah, to a point. But it's about when they, you know, what I gather from the situation of yours is that it was, th- they were pushing the boundary, as you said, and that's that's obviously, you know, where you want to uh, draw the line. I was going to uh, kind of transition into, um, you know, maybe another situation and don't have to give specifics, but any other situations that have come up where an X card came into play or something and, and um, you know, that just went very well, like it, it worked as in- intended and... So I would like to consider
2: it good news that I've actually never had an X card. That's actually the only unfortunate incident that has occurred at the table, as far as I know. And I pray to goodness that anybody would come to me and tell me if they've ever been uncomfortable at my table. My gods, that is never supposed to happen. Not the case. I, I, that is not my intention at all. Oh my gods. But at end of day, you know, your safety, your comfortability is the highest priority, And if you're, if you don't feel safe or comfortable at somebody's table, then you have every right to leave. And I would not blame you at all. I did not blame this player at all for wanting to step away. They have every right to do that. Um, It's just, it's, it's really sad. It's unfortunate.
0: Yeah. Uh, And I think beyond that, it's, it's, you know, we've said this before it's about communication too. I think at the end of the day, it's, it's creating that trust between you and your players, players with other players, everyone being comfortable to communicate. Um, I think there's a little bit extra weight put on the DM in that regard that hopefully you have established that one-to-one trust between you and the players individually so that, like you said, if something does come up, they are fully comfortable coming to you and saying, hey, this happened, you know, and things like that. And, you know, I've been in that situation before where I went to – a DM in a game and just said, Hey, it was kind of our fault. We didn't really communicate this stuff in the beginning, you and that was our fault because we had an established, a pretty established relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's another thing too, is, is some of these tables, longtime good buddies, right. You could have good friends and whatever, and you just might feel that things are all good to go, but something could come up. You know, we, we mentioned that, that maybe something comes up and, you know, hopefully everyone is comfortable enough with, talking about that stuff.
2: Mhm. Exactly. And please keep in mind that this the fault is not solely on this player. That in I'm and I don't want to feel like the blame is solely on them because I am also to blame as DM. I could have been, I could have put my foot down harder. I could have spoken to this player in a different fashion. You know, I could have, I could have done a lot of things different. You know, the, the could have, would have, should have constantly running in my head after that incident and something that'll keep me up at night forever at this point, not forever, but maybe, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Just unfortunate things happen. And that particular player wasn't solely to blame. Because I, as the DM, also hold a lot of responsibility within regards to the comfortability of my players at the table, so that's why I made the ultimate decision to cancel that game. Uh, it just didn't feel right. As I mentioned earlier, I could not, in good conscience, continue running that game, especially after that incident happened. And just, I would, I really hope that more players continue to feel the comfortability to communicate uh, their wants and needs towards their DMs, because that really helps shape us as a DM going on in the future is, is our players also communicate Cause sometimes like I'm scared to say things to my DM and mm-hmm. I know I shouldn't, but sometimes I am like, I remember one time uh, I was in a group full of chaotic, like chaotic evil characters. And I was like a lawful good character and our party we thought process just didn't match and i was scared to actually tell the dm that i wanted to swap characters how silly is that i right. wanted to swap characters so that i would feel more comfortable with my party because i felt like i was going against the flow i wanted to go with the flow and have fun with everybody i felt like i was putting a i was braining on everybody's parade essentially yeah but I was scared to communicate that and i feel like that is like that's not even towards lines and veils, but it still is super important to be able to communicate stuff like that because I wasn't comfortable as a player at that table for that reason, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think we, I talk about communication all the time and, and I think this is great transition, you know, as we kind of run in towards the end of the conversation here, but um, you know, the stars and wishes, Feedback as well—that kind of my interpretation, without understanding the full concept. But basically, feedback—you know—I think that's something that is probably utilized potentially after every session. Uh, so, like, you know, the lines and veils and, and the X card—the X card is utilized—you uh, know—through as you play. But a lot of stuff you address in session zero. Um, yeah. But then during the campaign, you know, you want to check in and have feedback and things like that. Uh, so, Kayla, tell us about Stars and Wishes. What that concept is and uh, how that's utilized.
2: So stars and wishes are definitely an after session type of deal, whether you wanna do it in the chat right after game. I have a lot of players with busy schedules, so I don't even mind if they just put something, like type something out and post it in chat after the game. But essentially the star is supposed to be a feel good. Um, Giving spotlight to somebody in the game they really enjoyed when somebody described this or did that you want to put the spotlight on them or the dm uh and then the wish is something that you'd like to see in the next game and it could be you want to make it constructive as well you want to say something along the lines of i would like to see more role play next session um i would love to do a dungeon crawl you know not like not like uh Bad criticism. You want to be very constructive with your wish. It's just a challenge
0: is definitely a challenge, but you know, as long as you put a good effort into that, that, uh, feedback, it's helpful.
2: It also is helpful in other ways to reform your thinking into certain ways as well, because, you know, you want to maybe say something in a certain way, but stars and wishes it, i'm want to say it makes you say things in a certain way it just helps you reformat your 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 words essentially yeah reformat your words
0: <laughs> yeah uh you know the concept of i statements you know instead of saying you know you did this you did this you're like i i wish that we did this or i feel that this or that so it, it changes that perspective of that criticism that feedback there and and um i love that concept i think you don't necessarily have to do it uh, every session, I would think, but I think it could be helpful. Um, I think the stars would be great every session. You could do that, get away with that, and uh, it wouldn't. The wish wouldn't necessarily have to be for the next session. So I'll say I, I don't want anyone to take that literally and think that if you're the DM and someone says, I wish we could do a dungeon crawl that you have to like swap your plans
2: Plan, like an actual dungeon crawl
0: next. Yeah. Right. But, you know, as a player, just consider that as a DM, consider that the interpretation there that, all right, my player is asking for more role play. How do we, you know, and other players listen to those things too, right? Listen to the feedback from everybody. OK, my my co-player over here wants more role play. How can I help out with that as well and and vice versa?
2: Completely agree. That's also a very good way to be a good player. It's just find uh, ways to put other players in the spotlight. And then you'll find that you end up having a really fun game and uh, everybody's just enjoying themselves.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it can be a challenge sometimes to, you know, to set other people up in in there because, you know, we're all there trying to play uh, play the game and, and, you know, we definitely want to have our moments. And I think though, like you said, when you can... Start setting each other up. It just it just keeps going in the circle and really turns out to be something fun. Mm-hmm. Awesome, yeah. So again, feedback I think is great. We've definitely talked about that a lot on the show and, and otherwise. That you know, whatever that um, cadence is, that you do feedback if it's every three sessions, whatever, depending on the length of your campaign. Um, super valuable, uh, going both ways, player to DM, DM to players, and, and all that, and. Uh, I think that just helps for will help to have better a uh, better campaign going forward. Awesome. Uh, Kayla, we'll wrap up here. Any last bit on this topic or in general, uh, kind of as a DM uh, thought process or on the player side, but any last thoughts uh, from you for the DGM community?
2: I just wanted to say thank you for having me. Uh, This is an absolutely fantastic conversation with regards to Safety uh, and Tools at the table. Um, Thank you also for covering like little bits and pieces that I totally spaced. Um, My ADHD is great for these and also horrible for these types of conversations at the same time. It's great.
0: All good. Yeah, definitely a fantastic conversation. As I said at the beginning, I think one that depending on the level of installment that you utilize these things just being aware of them helps a lot because then they're there if you need to so uh before we go give us a quick plug on your upcoming project where we can find that
2: so the next project is going to be on my channel it's going to be twitch.tv/timelordswife forward slash you can also find a lot of my stuff at timelordswife.com uh, and you'll find all my links there i'm most often on twitter and twitch and the next project for the dragon rider game should hopefully air this coming april um, we're going to be shooting for early april if not later in april um i know that whole summit thing just popped up so i might need to plan around that uh and then go from there so yeah Make sure that you uh, check out Twitch and Twitter, because that's where a lot of the announcements are going to be for the uh, next upcoming game.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye out for that and and stop by when it does go live. And uh, hopefully we'll get back uh, into some Star Wars 5e together as well sometime soon.
2: I literally can't wait to play more. I actually want to bring my character back once I figure out what her name was. She She was
0: (laughs) fantastic. Yeah, I meant to look it up myself and I forgot. But uh, definitely, we'll have to get that going. So, Kayla, thanks again so very much. This was fantastic.
2: Thank you, Todd, I really appreciate you.
0: All right, great conversation with Kayla. Anyone has questions on what we discussed, uh, some of those safety and feedback tools, feel free to reach out. Kayla mentioned a Google Doc, uh, Google Sheet that everyone can contribute to anonymously for things when you're doing like the lines and veils and, and that uh, safety tool aspect. So I'm gonna try and find that and I'll have that in the show notes for you tables out there that wanna utilize that. Uh, So yeah, let us know if you have any questions, though, as we said, or if there's anything that you utilize that you think would be beneficial to other tables to know about as well. Uh, Tegan, no plans yet for the next episode. So just probably um, freestyle it, uh, or I guess, again, to the community, if there's anything out there that you have a question on, maybe we can dive into that.
1: Yeah, definitely. We would love to hear from you guys. If something's kind of front and center, let us know. Uh, We'd love to work that one in.
0: And uh, before we wrap up, give us one more shout out to Invasion Adventure tonight. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Make sure to come through tonight. This is
1: going to be... We're bringing uh, well, depending on what the party does, we may get to bring one, one of my favorite creatures from the New Jedi Order series. It's going to be a fun boss fight. So, uh, if they depending on the choices they make, you may get to see that. So come through uh, and see if they could survive. But yeah, it's uh, this Tuesday, six thirty Eastern time. So today, come through my Twitch T and Gaming uh, and get to see how the crew survives this uh, this horrible invasion.
0: Fantastic. We will see you all there. Uh, Thank you, everyone, as always, for your support, listeners, subscribers, and everything. Appreciate it very much. Uh, We will see you on the next one. May the force be with you. May the force be with you.